All right, welcome everyone to Talk to Tatiana show. And today I have Sue Barber. Um, she's a good friend of mine and um, a fellow author. Sue, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tatiana. Excited to be here. Awesome. So, um, Sue, I know uh, your story a little bit, but I would love for my listeners to learn more about um, what you do now and kind of where you started and, and why. But we'll we'll get there. Just um, tell us. Start with say, uh, telling everyone what you do and kind of um, why it matters. So I'm an executive coach, and I also do consulting for businesses around operations, strategy, HR. But executive coaching for me was a second career. I spent the first half of my life in in a company in many different roles, and I wanted to do something to help people once I left that career. I wanted to do something to help people not struggle with their leadership and really be more visible in their career. And that was something that I had originally struggled with myself and saw that there was an easier way to do it. And I just had to learn that lesson the hard way. And I wanted other people to learn it from me so that they wouldn't struggle through that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, and I know a little bit of your story kind of to, um, to, to understand what you're, where you're coming from. So when you um, transitioned from uh, the corporate um, career to uh, being your own boss, how did that happen? Why did that happen? Um, and kind of talk about the the initial, the first few years of being on your own. What did that look like and what did that feel like? Yeah, that was a big transition. I, I had worked, um, so I worked for Kraft Foods or all the iterations of Kraft Foods. Now it's Kraft Heinz. And I worked there for 26 years. And so that was part of my identity for a really long time. And the company went through a merger and I decided that it was time for me to leave. I had been getting my certification for coaching at night and started to coach people. And so I was ready to go. But the transition of losing that credibility of craft next to my name and the identification of you know my role in, as an IT director no longer existed. And so when I became this new business owner with, okay, what am I going to do? <laughs> How am I going to build a business? I've never done it before. I've never had the experience. I didn't really have anyone in my family that had done it either. And so for me, it was a big learning curve of trying to understand what are the right things to do first. And I probably followed the old business model of get your business cards made and get your website built and all of those things when I really should have been spending time with people and talking to them about what their needs were and helping them learn how to get past some of the things that I struggled with. And so there was a big transition for me um, in that respect, just from a credibility and an identification of who I was now versus who I used to be. That's interesting. I mean, it's, um, it's not unexpected for me um, in a sense that I, I don't think I, I guess, worked for a large company. And I think that working for a large company, I would agree with you, would probably have that prestige and that um, kind of support um, to your um, skills and, and kind of you as a, your standing, right? Um, mm -hmm. am, I, am I on the right track? Yeah, I think what happens is, you know, so anybody who knows about craft, they'll say, oh my gosh, that's a great company, high quality, all of that all of that credibility goes directly from craft into me because they hired me and I work for them. 
And when you no longer have that, you have to stand on your own and be, you know, Susan Barber, coach. It it meant that I had to figure out how to do that. And I was known as, you know, I had been in sales and supply chain and then IT for a majority of my career. And then I had to now establish myself, not only, you know, in my own mind, but also for people who might want to work with me. So I started writing a blog and started posting on LinkedIn as a leadership person and thought leader around coaching and helping people with career transition. I had a bunch of different things that I was helping people on. And so I started writing a blog every day because I wanted people to no longer see me as a craft IT person, but as a person who could help them. And so that transition was something that I wished I would have done earlier, actually. Uh, but I didn't even think about it as something that was going to happen until it, until I got out of that world and into the new world. That's, that's interesting. I mean, I love that. It's an interesting story. And I think that there are quite a few people switching from corporate to kind of being on their own. And I think that um, there is definitely some transitional time um, and kind of surprises and, and um, things that I guess you learn you need to take care of. Um, so what was that for you? What did you find yourself having to handle in your business um, something that you never really thought needed to be handled or maybe you thought someone else handled it for you or all of the above? Well, the good thing was at, at Craft, I had a really big team, so it was nice. I could delegate to everybody and do stuff. <laughs> and then it was just me. So, you know, you become the IT person, the accountant, the, you know, the salesperson, the marketing person, all of those hats. And I think especially for coaches, it's, it's a little more challenging because you come out thinking, I just want to coach people. I just want to help them. But you actually have to spend a lot of time in your business doing all of these other roles that aren't necessarily what you think about when you decide to, to start on your own. So it took me some time to get some, you know, systems in place around, you know, just managing the books and managing the conversations and posting on social media. And so I have a virtual assistant who actually helps me with all of that social media stuff because I used to do it all by myself and it became a lot of work when I was posting every single day. And so as I got clients I just didn't have the time for that. So you get smarter about what you can outsource and where you can outsource it with people that you trust. And if you see anything on social media, I mean, she is really my voice. If you, I look at it and I think, yes, I would have, I would have said that. <laughs> so that's what I love about it is when you get someone who can see who you are and really embody that and really help you and support you. And that's what I think entrepreneurs need. That's awesome. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think that's exactly what they need. Sometimes we, and tell me if I'm if I'm right in this, and it's just my thoughts. I feel like sometimes we think small and think, well, you know, I can't afford this person right now, you know, $500 a month or $1,000 a month or whatever it is. But at the same time, as soon as you hire someone and let's say you hire them and you're like, well, I'll make it work or whatever, Actually, you get more um, income. You get new clients. You get all these different things, and you're so happy that you find you, that you hire them that you just can't really understand why you were thinking that you can't afford them because you really can't afford not to have someone to help you. Yes, a hundred percent. And you know, and initially, I didn't know what I didn't know, but as I grew and learned that I no longer needed to spend my time on that, just because 
my time was better spent with clients and on marketing and sales and having conversations with people. And that's not really where I was spending my time. I was spending it on the website and social media and those kinds of things, which are also important, but it's not going to bring any revenue. And so that's where I really needed to start to shift how I saw things and realize like you are the business owner now. You don't have a choice. You are the only one. And if you're not spending your time in the right places, this business is not going to be successful. Yeah, absolutely. So what prompted you to um, to write a book and talk a little bit about what your book is and who it's for and just how what transformation do um, people reading it will experience? Yes, it's uh, it's my pride and joy that I can't wait to get into the world uh, for sure. And I'm sure just how you felt about yours, <laughs> uh, which congratulations on yours. So exciting for you to just have it out. Um, I think for me, it has always been one of those kind of dreams that I had. And as I started writing the blog, I thought, you know, I'm actually I like writing. I like it way more than I thought I would. And to me, it didn't feel like a big stretch to go from writing a blog every day to now writing a book. I was wrong. Uh, there's a lot more to writing a book, as you know, than I ever imagined. But I have t- just enjoyed the process so much. I've learned so much about the writing process and publishing and all of that. And I've learned a lot about myself. Just I keep looking at some of the chapters and realizing what I learned back then and how can I help people now. So the, the book is called The Visibility Factor, and it's about helping people who are in corporate roles or maybe they're entrepreneur leadership roles and helping them understand that it's important to work hard for sure. But that's just what I call table stakes. That's walking in the door, do your job and you got to do it well. The next piece that you want to do is if you want to progress, if you want to climb the ladder, people have to know what you're doing. And the only way they're going to know what you're doing is if you talk to them or you show them or you get in front of them and remind them what you're doing especially now, you know, people are so overloaded. There's just not enough time to spend with each and every person on a team and know what they're doing day in and day out. And so it's important that you advocate for yourself and you get in front of your management and you talk to them about what you're doing or how you can take on a bigger role or volunteer for something that like I used, I led uh, women at craft, which is our employee resource group was not part of my day job. But it got me a lot of visibility within the organization with a lot of senior people because I took that role on to make craft better, to make the women at craft successful. And so it's things like that that I think we may try to push to the side. And I did initially too say, I don't have time for that. I'm busy. I've got a day job. I've got stuff I got to do. And what happens is that you just get stuck. And that's what happened for me. And I didn't realize it until a person was nice enough to say, you need to be more visible. You need to come out of the shadows, not be in the back of the room. You need to sit at the table and have good conversations because they need to hear from you. And that was a big, you know, aha moment for me. And once I learned that, I thought, you know, I'm going to help my team with that. And when I helped my team with that, I saw how many other people struggled with the same thing. And I think a lot of people think it's just women. It's actually you know, all genders face this. Everybody faces this challenge where they want to be out there, but they're scared or they want to be out there and they're an introvert and just don't feel like they know how to do it. So there's a fear of bragging. There's a lot of fears around this and putting yourself out there and being vulnerable. But what I want to teach people is how to do it in in different ways than maybe they've seen. You can take baby steps every day and really improve how people see you and the perception that they have of you. So that's really what I want people to get out of this book and out of the courses that I'm building. 
That's awesome. Um, and do you think that this book and this approach, the visibility, uh, applies to corporate or small business or both? I think it can apply to both. Uh, you know, and when you're in a maybe maybe not the super small business where it's just more of a solopreneur or something like that, but I do think there's still opportunities to be visible. I mean, I guess I'm going to take that back because I have to be visible, right, as a solopreneur, and I have to be out there in the world so people know who I am and what I'm doing. Bigger companies, maybe not, you know, like twenty to fifty million dollar companies, may think, you know, I've got to do my stuff too, but they're still doing it on a small scale, not like a big, you know, conglomerate company that's super big in the world and they're out in the media and they're doing interviews and all that kind of stuff. So you have to pick and choose, I think, based on the size, based on how much you want to grow, where you want to go with your organization, what you need to do. But it it is something that there are a lot of people who hesitate. And think, you know what, I'm doing enough or my team's doing enough. I don't need to be out there. But it's really important for the leaders of organizations to be out there, no matter what level you're at. That's, I love that. I think I agree with that. I actually think that everyone needs to be visible. But I was wondering in terms of your work and your concept in your book, whether it was specifically for corporate folks or um, kind of applies to everyone. Um, I do both. I mean, the people that I'm coaching, I'm coaching um, some e-commerce organizations that are more, I would say, you know, they're smaller business, a family-owned business, and I'm coaching all of them to do it as well. Um, I created a course that I did it with people from different corporate organizations, different types of industries. All, you know, I described 11 people and said, I just want to try this with you guys. (laughs) Just want to test out the concept and see how it works for you. And all of them had all of these little moments of, oh my gosh, this is so much easier than I thought. I was making it such a big deal and it's not a big deal. It's just being consistent and being intentional. And so I want people to really be able to take this concept, apply it in the best way for them in the way that's authentic for them. It it doesn't work in the same way for every person. You can't do one size fits all. It just, it doesn't work that way. And you have to do something that you really feel that is you. And if you do that, you'll be able to do it no problem. I love it. Um, and I thank so much for sharing your message um, with my listeners. Um, I um, talk a lot about kind of having, building your bold dream and um, kind of going after it, but doing it better. So I think that your message in your book totally align with that really well, which I think is why we connected and, and kind of kept, kept the connection. Um, because that's exactly also what you, what you kind of stand for. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I would love it for everybody to be visible. (laughs) If we could make that big dream happen, that would be amazing. So nobody's, you know, suffers and feels like they don't have a way to get ahead if that's what they really want. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, the way you work with your clients now, what is that transformation that they experience? What do they, what do you help them experience when you work with them as a coach? So we usually start with, you know, like, where are they now and where do they want to go? And we, we really coach into the gap of that. And so for some people, they may be looking for a promotion or they've struggled in their current role and they're trying to figure out how to move out of that struggle, whatever that is. So sometimes it's helpful to do an assessment with them and help them see from a a different angle where they're at. 
And we all have blind spots. And so part of that assessment can help them see the blind spots. As I have conversations with them, that's part of what I look for too, is something that they can't see. And when they do that, then they can start to see, huh, okay, well, I need to shift gears. If I wanted, if I really want to get to this next level, I have to take these actions. And so that's where I had built the visibility process that I have in the book, but I really didn't think of it in that way because I do it as one-on-one. Now trying to scale it to groups and other people, I've had to think about it a little bit differently, but it still works the same way ultimately is helping people figure out what actions they can take every day that help people see them differently. And they get to a bigger level of confidence. They can see themselves really actually reaching that goal. And maybe it's they switch companies, they may move up in a company that they're at, or they build a stronger relationship with their managers. And if that's the case, that's a win, right? Because they couldn't do that before. So I love to see the transformation that they have of how they see themselves, but then also what they're able to do with that different set of actions and new confidence, and they just act in a bolder way, which is great. That's awesome. I love it. Um, And um, what would be the one thing that you would want to leave listeners with? If let's say someone is listening to this episode and they think, well, you know, I feel stuck at my job. Um, I don't know if I should quit. If I don't know if I should um, just ramp up my visibility, what would be the first step for them to take today? So the easiest one to actually do is um, start observing other people in your organization because there is sometimes a culture that you need to look at within your company and see how things are done and how things get accomplished. But that's where I started. I actually just watched other people in meetings and paid attention to how are they stepping up and doing things? How are they framing up how they can help? How are they having conversations with their managers? And those little things you can adapt to be your own. You can look at how can I adapt what they're doing and maybe they're bragging and you don't want to brag. So you can just do something simple like if you're in a meeting and you hear there's an opportunity for someone to step up and take leadership on a project or something, you say, you know what, my team and I would love to do that. We, we've we already been working on some stuff like that. We could absolutely, we can actually do that really quickly and we'd love to do it. So it's looking for opportunities paying attention to what you can do in the way that you want to say it so it's authentic to you, but just being there and solving problems and learning from other people. It's really that simple. I love it. Um, at this, I think that there's power in simplicity. So mm-hmm. I absolutely <laughs> sure. I absolutely support that. So thanks so much for sharing. Um, all right, um, Sue, uh, thank you so much for being a guest, uh, for sharing your story and your work with us. Um, I really, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful.